Hello and welcome to the Blitz Book Club podcast, where our community of bookworms will bring to you our thoughts on all things books. My name is Cheryl Till, and in this episode, we are going to share with you our thoughts on The Salt Path by Raynor Wynne. I am joined today by Henry and Kevin. So, Kevin, why don't you start us off with what you thought about this book? I did really like this book. I think it was extremely well written. I enjoyed the descriptions in the novel, and overall, it was a very emotional story. Um, it's about a woman in her 50s who learns that her lifelong, uh, her partner in life um, is diagnosed with a terminal illness, uh, and they... They decide to walk the southwest coast path in England, which is something that I didn't know existed. So it was a very I learned something from it, um, and it is yeah I did enjoy it. Thing is, I'm not really interested in the story otherwise. So I think it's really interesting because I'm not really a person who enjoys nature or hiking, but I did think that the premise of the book was interesting, being a nonfiction story. As you mentioned, it does talk about. Um, these, this couple going on a walk but it's not just a walk it's actually their solution for facing homelessness because just days after her husband Moth is diagnosed with this terminal illness they are turned out of their home and the farm that they have grown up on and that their children have grown up on and that's really heartbreaking to know that they've been um, left with only this as a solution so I think it's a really interesting way of overcoming adversity and that's what I liked about it even though the themes of hiking may not personally resonate with me and I don't personally have any experiences with such hardships like homelessness but it is something that's really interesting to gain some insight into and like you said I think the description is really really interesting. Like Cheryl said the book really captures um, the struggle and the difficulties that um, Raina Wynn and her husband faces and she is able to really portray that really well in the novel throughout and reading it I really feel on some level, I feel really emotional, and sometimes I feel really upset. For for example, the legal justice system that they face in the beginning, and overall, even though their struggle to um to travel the salt path is something as a result of is a result of the struggle, I cannot imagine myself doing that. Even though I am an adventurous person and I am young at the moment, but. I would never find myself being able to travel like they do. Yeah, definitely. I think um, I was just in awe at how this is a true story. Uh, and after reading it, I, well, while I was reading it, I searched up the author, Raina Wynne, um, and there are pictures online of her on the trail uh, with a partner moth, and it's incredible. I mean, the images as well, it's just, yeah. And, and she writes about it as if it was... Um, there's a very present feeling, like when you're reading it, you're kind of there with them. And what I enjoyed was, it's not just the descriptions, it's that nature is presented in an, an almost mythic way. Um, it's like m that whole man versus nature thing going on in the novel. Um, and complementing that is this intimate story of two people who have lost everything. Um and it's not their fault, you know. It's kind of like life thrusting it upon them. And because it's a true story, 
it's uh, and because it's a memoir, there's that every like every sentence is so tinged with emotion. There's a lot of rhetorical questions in there that I liked as well. She keeps asking us, especially the chapter about homelessness, where she she takes the time to kind of almost preface the journey with this all these different facts and statistics of homelessness in the UK. Um, and it really it made me think about how we view certain people in society. Uh, yeah, so things like that. It's a very well-rounded novel. I think in particular what you said about um, the kind of presence that you have in the book is really interesting because one of the things I found most amazing about the book is that after I read it, I had a look and it was actually written retrospectively and you don't get that sense at all when you're reading the book. It's absolutely like you're going along on this journey and it was very interesting to me to find out that she'd actually put this together years later using just the notes that she'd written down in the margins of the guide books that they were following um, and it doesn't read in that way at all. It's a mix between a diary and a novel with so much description and so much emotion and it's really really well put together and it conveys emotion in such a strong way it really does move you to your core so even if the message of the book or the themes of the story don't really resonate with you the fact of the truth behind their journey and the way in which she conveys it I think is a very very powerful thing Going off from chapter from the title from the chapter titled Homelessness, um, going off from what Kevin said about how we view people, it is really important that we shouldn't judge people from the way they look. For example, in in chap in the title in the chapter titled Homelessness, Raina Wynn and her husband dropped a couple of pounds on the street and they were viewed by women who said some really awful things to them based off how they looked. And I think it's really important that we shouldn't judge people because we don't know what they've been through and the struggle that these two people face is immense. Yeah, I, I basically agree with um, both of what Cheryl and um, Henry have already said. Uh, also, I, I do enjoy the, under the chapter headings, Raina Wynn does use like quotations from Beowulf or, or Homer's um, Odyssey. Uh, yeah, Homer's Odyssey. Yeah, yeah, and and a couple other um, sources that again adds to that mythic quality to the novel. Um, if there were any flaws to it, it would be again. I'm personally not really interested in this particular walking trail, uh, and I'm not really interested in this kind of story, which is really like in introspective in a in a niche way, like in a really specific way. Um, so at parts, even though it was well-written, I felt like I was losing interest, but then because of the descriptions, I kept on reading. Um, another thing is, and this is not really something that could be changed because it is the true story, um, but structure-wise, it's mainly one thing and then with a little bit of like twists and turns at the end, I suppose. So... It's not really like your. Ch it's, there's not really a change of pace in the middle of the story. 
I would say I agree with that. It's not so much a plot as a journey, but at the same time, I would also argue that that is something that gives it this unique quality because it does give that that presence. And I think if you took that away and tried to make it more interesting by delaying the kind of difficulties that they face to structure it like a um, drama or a just, you know, any other kind of novel with the typical conflict resolution structure would have, it would definitely take away from the truth of the experience. So it's quite particular. Um, I think it's also quite interesting in the book as well, how she kind of personifies the character of um, the writer of the guidebook, Patty Dillon as they go through this journey and she describes how much longer it's taking for them because it does give some sense of comparison so even though it is kind of monotonous in terms of the journey it does give you an idea of how they're progressing compared to others and how they feel about it compared to others I do really like um, in the chapter green blue which has a lot of great description of the journey towards Widmouth she describes Patty Dillon eats spinach for breakfast wears a hair shirt and sleeps on a bed of nails obviously because he walks from Butte to Boss Castle in one day and I think that kind of just um, personification of a character that she doesn't know that she's kind of inferring from his guidebook makes it very very interesting because it adds these little snapshots into her consciousness that you would not otherwise get if you did not follow the structure yeah I mean again the fact that it's a true story is amazing there's one sentence towards the end where she writes um we've walked 315 miles there's 315 left and just that number alone is incredible like uh, kind of we've been talking about how good the descriptions are but that simple fact like that simple statement was kind of like wow they made it to the halfway like they've walked this much but like imagine how long it is Yeah, I mean, I found it really interesting. I knew nothing about wild camping going back to the tents. I thought it was really interesting and especially towards the end when they kind of, they get back into a situation where they do have housing and they have to still sleep in a tent because of the comfort that they now find in this after this long journey. And I had to look up how much 315 miles is because, um, you know, it's not kilometers. I had to put it into perspective. It's actually so much more than I originally thought. 315, it's almost double that number for a scale that we understand which is massive um and to go with all of that I think it's also kind of interesting how you get so invested in the story in that sense because they have gone so far and when it gets to a point where it's absolutely too cold and they have to take a break and they actually go off of the trail and they end up on a sheep farm that their um, friend owns for a little while and stay out the winter there it's almost heartbreaking because you want to know whether or not they'll finish this journey and whether or not they'll make it because they've come so far you're rooting for them really to kind of make it through this whole process and so it's really interesting being a true story how it can still capture your interest and emotion in that way and um, make you wish that things were happening in a different way not just because of the sadness of it but also because of the drive and the motivation that they've shown throughout the process of what they're dealing with I really like how you brought up um, their struggle to kind of adjust back to reality almost because the tent feels more like home than an actual house um and that reminded me of a film that recently came out very famous film nomadland um i didn't love nomadland for similar reasons to this like the subject matter didn't catch me like but it w- was very well done 
similarly to this book. But in that movie, the main character lives um, as a nomad in her car, along with other nomads in um, America, regional America. And at one point, she visits her family, and she couldn't sleep in the bed. So she like <laughs> she climbs out the house, um, walks out the house, and sleeps in her car at night in the cold, um, just because it felt more like home. So that really... I guess it's something that is quite real for people who have, um, yeah, different lifestyle, this kind of lifestyle that's more connected to nature. Um, and two other films that it reminded me of, one's Into the Wild, um, again, that man versus nature thing. And also a French film called Vagabond from the 80s, really, really good um, movie about a a woman, we, we, the first scene is a woman's corpse on the ground, and then we kind of follow her trail follow this young woman's trail as a vagabond to see how she got there. So yeah, I think there's a very cinematic quality to the salt path. I hope it um, gets adapted. I think the visual, like the, the striking visuals would really work well on screen. Yeah, I do think it's really, really a very um, visual book in the sense that it's packed full of imagery possibly because there's also not much else to say because a lot of it is about how they're trying to avoid talking about and thinking about their situation because it is so horrible even for them um but that is interesting in itself because through the absence of a discussion it does also kind of show the struggle that they're going through um i would say going back to the point that you had kevin on um, Nomadland and the woman sleeping in her car, it does also have this quality that reminds me of the stories you hear of soldiers coming back from war and not being able to sleep in a bed. And although it's a very different situation, I feel in some ways there are strong similarities because you do have this idea of someone who's basically been at war, not fighting for a cause per se, but fighting for themselves and fighting for their survival. And it is a very, very stark description that comes through, which is incredibly interesting because you would never think that the typical person could experience that when you're living in such a privileged position where you don't have to experience such things on a day-to-day basis. So it's a great insight into um, how other people live. And it does kind of pull the wool um off of your eyes to twist the phrase a little bit because it does show you how much other people struggle and it's not something you might necessarily think of on a normal day-to-day basis so I think that's really interesting okay well um I think we will wrap it up by just having a little chat about what's on your shelf Henry do you want to start us off yeah so um recently I finished a book and it was made into a novel in 2017, starring Army Hammer and Timothy Chalamet. Chalamet. Um, it's called Call Me By Your Name, and the it's a novel written by Andre Arseman. And I read, I finished the book, then I watched the movie, and I find the book really interesting because it captures the Greek mythologies and everything in it, and also the country um, scenery of the um, of Italy was really amazing. I haven't yet read that book, but I have heard that it's very, very good. So I'm interested to know, did you prefer the book or the movie? The book. Yeah, that's usually the way it goes. And Kevin, what's on your shelf? Well, first of all, I just wanted to say I love Call Me By Your Name, both the movie and the book. Um, but I also want to say in light of recent horrific allegations against Army Hammer, Blitz doesn't have a stance on that. <laughs> we don't want to comment on that, but the movie is good. <laughs> 
Um, but a recent book that we uh, that I have read, um, it's called The Golden Maze, um, a biography of Prague. It is sprawling. It is basically about the history of Prague as a city and the Czech people as a nation of, as a people group from the beginning of time, basically, to now. And it's incredible. It's told with humor, with wit. Um, it, it rhymes like a poem, not to sound pretentious, but it really does. It, it shows how how we're all the same, really. And, like, this city's rise and fall um, throughout different eras of history. It, it's just, like, the story of all of humanity. Yeah. Um, and it made me like the Czech people a lot more. Because when I was there, they obviously didn't like any tourists. So I didn't have a good impression <laughs> of the Czechs. Uh, um, I hope that doesn't come across as racist. <laughs> Just a comment. But yeah, fantastic book. Yeah, that's really interesting. It does remind me when I was in Prague as well, it was mostly just chock full of tourists and you didn't really get to know much about the people and their culture. Obviously, you can go looking for snippets of history in museums, but it's not the same as having this deep understanding. Um, I'm interested, is that a nonfiction or is that a um, the way you talked about the rhyme? It seems to be written a little bit more personally. It is a nonfiction, but what really drew me to it was um, I don't like nonfiction books that are dry. So, for example, as in, oh, when I say it rhymes, it's not that the words rhyme, it's that, like, the, the story of the city and the people almost rhymes. So, for example, like, you you have, you have Hitler's invasion of the Sudetenland and Czechoslovakia, like, contrasted and compared with the communist coup in 1948 in a very in parallel way. And then there's also this incredible, like, because the, the author interviews a lot of... Um, Czech people uh, that are living overseas now as well. And there's this really amazing anecdote towards the end where um, a man a man visits... So a man was in Prague in 1968 when the Soviets kind of came in and crushed, uh, crushed the Prague Spring. And he, he's embraced by a Soviet soldier who climbs out of his tank, starts crying and says, we didn't want to do this, we didn't want to come in we didn't want to kill people i have a wife and kid back home i haven't even seen my newborn son um and then 30 years later after after the communist government collapses this man apparently sees a russian guitarist busking in prague and he goes up to chat with this guy and this guy tells him the story of his dad being here in the soviet invasion um 30 years ago and how he missed his birth and then it's kind of like you, we don't know if that's the same per like if that's the, the the young man's father, but something like that is so emotional in it. Yeah, yeah. Anecdotes like that make the book really interesting. It does sound like it has a lot of very interesting narrative insight that comes through, even though it's a nonfiction piece. So that could be quite an interesting read. Definitely nothing like a textbook, which is also always a fun way to learn about history. Um, and as for me, I am currently reading A Beautiful Circumstance by Sarah Newton Brown, which is a story about um, this man who finds out that his father has been having an affair and has to decide how he's going to deal with it. And in a very special episode next time, we will actually have Sarah herself here to discuss this debut novel. So be sure to tune in for our next episode where we'll have this author special and we hope you have a good time until then. Mm -hmm.